Welcome to the MC Advocate Podcast. My name is Eva Khan. I am your podcast editor. And today I am so excited to bring you this episode because we will be in conversation with MC's new president, Dr. Jermaine Williams. I'm so excited to be able to share this episode with you. So without much further ado, here is Dr. Williams. Feel free to introduce yourself, Dr. Williams. Hi. Jermaine Williams, president of Montgomery College. Very happy to be here with you. I am very excited to meet you. Um, just by you know nature of you being the president of Montgomery College, but I also um, was speaking with my Achieving the Promise Academy coach, and she gave this lovely anecdote that during one of the town halls, she was trying to find the meeting and she was getting lost in the halls and somehow you were coming in the opposite direction and she said you had all these people around you vying for attention but you still noticed her and we're like are, are you lost do you need help finding this place and she said that it was so lovely um the way that you noticed her in that way even though you had so much else going on and so I saw that as like okay we're in good hands I'm I'm really happy <laughs> with you um and so I just had a few questions about, you know, you're coming in as a leader for Montgomery College. And as somebody who's held some minor leadership positions, I'm just really excited to pick your brain about this wonderful role of being a leader. And so to get started, I just wanted to ask, um, what is your leadership philosophy in like two to three sentences? Two to three sentences. Wow. Well, again, it is a pleasure. <laughs> it is an absolute pleasure to be here. Um, and, uh, you know, part of what you just shared is a big component of my leadership philosophy. It's, um, you know, I, I wrap around emotional intelligence and um, there's several components of, of emotional intelligence. And one of those is, you know, kind of really knowing how you're impacting others Um and also, you know, being inclusive in a sense of, you know, kind of those around you. So when I, when I saw, um, you know, the student, when I saw, when I see people, I'm wondering kind of, you know, what are they going through? What is their perspective? Um, is there something I can glean from, from their voice or their body language or their writing in terms of that would help me um, try and be a, a better leader, right? In this place and space, right? And, and I think that's, um, you know, wrapped around trying to, again, is really um, be that type of servant leader. So I've mentioned emotional intelligence and the servant leader where you're trying, your goal is to, how can we all, because I think we're all leaders and I appreciate you saying that, how do we help each other kind of be the best, you know, we, that we can be, right? So to speak, right? The best us. And I think that's part of, um, you know, my philosophical approach to being a leader is, well, let's let's identify um, how we can strengthen, right, all of your attributes, and how we can identify even challenges and 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 strengthen those. So that's a kind of two big components of of my leadership, and I kind of would round that out with, again, this idea of inclusion um, and really being able to listen to individuals and constituents to get their perspectives. Because I think in order for us to be able to lead we really have to understand, you know, what people are experiencing. Um, and I'll give you the prime example of I'm thankful and, you know, overjoyed and humbled to have this role here at Montgomery College, but I have no idea what is happening with everyone on a day-to-day -day basis, right? In terms of, and let me reframe that, in terms of, you know, what they're doing. I'm not with them. I'm not doing it. 
So in order for me to be able to understand or start to understand, I really need to ask questions and listen to their lived experiences. So. First of all, that was so eloquent, like Loki and all, but um, I, I definitely agree with the emotional intelligence aspect of what you shared. And also just, you know, it's hard to know what's going on in anybody's head at any given moment. And then it can like constituency as large as MC. That's a real, um, that's a real, uh, it's a real thing to think about. That wasn't the best segue, but I'm going to segue into the next question. So you mentioned, um, you know, challenges and adversity and what students are faces and going through these hurdles together. So coming to MC with this post-pandemic era and hybrid learning and student mental health, we do have these little, well, not little, but we do have hurdles to cross over. And I wanted to ask, what is your plan on addressing hurdles such as that or any other you, um, you know, plan to uh, face? And just in general, how do you face adversity as a leader? Yes. So, def- all right. Um, and I appreciate that. Thank you very much. So, uh, plan on addressing, you mentioned, uh, I'll kind of use the term hurdles, right? So, I will sum that up. And I know we're you know, I want to be mindful of our of our of our time, and uh, definitely went longer than two or three sentences for the response to the last question. Um, is I'm I'm listening. I'm doing a, a lot of listening and a lot of learning, um, because I want to be able to you know, with the help of our community, identify what our strengths are. Right? What are what are we doing at Montgomery College that is you know fantastic that we can really build on. Right? The current successes that we can build on, and then you know, another component of that is, you know, what are, what are some things that we, we could be doing that we're not doing, right? That maybe we have thought about before and we've discussed and we haven't pursued, or we've never even thought about, right? This kind of idea generation. So I think when we talk about our challenges, opportunities, the hurdles, as you framed it, I think it is about identifying, you know, kind of, cause we do have a lot of resources at Montgomery college. I mean, you just mentioned ATPA, Right. That's one of. So, right. So what are we doing? What can we uplift to help, you know, increase the impact of the successes that we have? And, you know, what are new opportunities? So I'll say that about the hurdles in terms of facing adversity um, as a leader. I really appreciate um, what, what you said earlier. You know, you said that you've taken on leadership roles and I would just, you know, share and, you know, in my humble opinion, you know, I am H.O. Um, is that we're all leaders. We're all leaders in some way, shape, or form, and I think we all face adversity. You know, whether that adversity is having to conduct a meeting, and it's your first meeting, and, you know, public speaking is not really kind of your jam, or whether that meeting is delivering bad news, or whether that meeting is trying to get individuals to coalesce around one goal, um, these new situations and spaces can create... um, this can create opportunities and challenges, and sometimes they can be um, create adversity. I think, uh, you know, when I think about adversity, it's um, it's communication and compassion and collaboration, right? So I think about those three things, and sometimes I say them differently. Sometimes I say partnership, but it seems to be I'm on an alliteration kick right now. So I'll go with communication, compassion, and, and collaboration for our conversation, and. You know, I think with that is, um, you know, keeping the goals um, at the forefront, right? Keeping the goals at the center of conversations. And that provides an opportunity to level set, to align expectations, 
and to ensure focus, right? Because I think sometimes um, adversity can come around, maybe um, it can be wrapped in, in an opportunity to share. And let's just level set, like we're here about students, right? And I think um, once we level set, you know, the conversation in terms of that, then it just provides a great pathway for moving forward. And we could talk about our goals and, you know, assessing our goals and checking in. And I'll end that response with that piece. I think, you know, part of that, you know, collaboration and communication piece is assessing what's happening and then being able to check in with your constituents. You know, so I'm doing a lot of listening and learning and I'm going to reflect back what I've heard and what I've learned so that people can say, you know what? you got that right. That was good. Well, you missed it on that one. Like, that's not what I said at all. So that's a, a little bit, I'll stop there. So. No, I, I agree completely. I think adversity shouldn't be seen as immediately a bad thing, but just as a neutral experience that you can change into a good thing. Um, it reminds me a lot of resiliency 2.0 and like, you know, anti-fragility, which is instead of just bouncing back, to your original position, you bounce further. Um, and I really love that idea. And so with one of the things that we are presently facing, like something we can maybe reframe is that downturn in enrollment that we've been experiencing, especially in young men. I've been reading a lot about young men are less likely to join college at this time. So what would you say to these students who are grappling with whether or not to enroll? You know, how should they face that challenge? I would say and um, that let us know how we can reach out. I think mean, that's a big part of you know the enrollment piece is us getting a we talk about meeting unmet student needs at Montgomery College, right? As we, so it's in, we need to identify, and I would say further, because I know we've already done this, but you know, what are the unmet needs that we are not capturing, right, as as a college? Because um, you know, we want to focus on and I say continue to focus on being student ready, right? Um, so what I would say is I would want to know, I don't want to sit down with prospective students and, you know, really have a, a conversation with them about, you know, about their future and about what's meaningful to them. Because what I realized long ago is um, I could sit down and I could say, yeah, I can answer your question. I could say, um, well, I'm going to tell them about all the programs that we have. I'm going to tell them about, you know, early college and dual enrollment. I'm going to tell them about, you know, all the allied health and nursing. And, but if, if they're not interested in any of that, I'm not really making a, a connection. So for, for me, and I think for us, it's continuing to do what we've been doing and even greater lengths in meeting that student unmet need and finding out, you know, what the students want, what's going to help them gravitate, what places and spaces do we need to be in physically or virtually or even psychologically um, for a student to kind of want to consume because we have so much to offer at MC. So I really want to, again, sit down and find out what's their passion? What do they want to do? How can we align that with an educational experience at, you know, Montgomery College? We have credit, we have non-credit, we have you know, certificates, we have associates, we have, you know, badges and micro-credentials. So I would say it is about um, getting to know even more so that particular student and their unmet needs and, and how um, making that connectivity of how MC can support them. So. No, thank you so much. And I see that we are rounding out on our time. So I just <laughs> want to ask one last question. Certainly. 
and this that's one- totally my fault i'm going <laughs> over so it's totally on me but i will be succinct i promise no i like the please give me all the answers um <laughs> i so this is especially personal for me because i came to mc having dropped out of school not really having um another place to go and MC was so gracious as to take me and help me mold myself into a person that I am proud of today. And so what would you say to students um, about why they should be proud of being of being community college students? Because there is still stigma around being a community college student, unfortunately. And also why should you be proud of being a Raptor as well? So if you could just answer that, that'd be lovely. Wow. Absolutely. I mean, so proud of being a I mean, proud of being a Raptor, I mean, the the warmth that I've experienced as I have transitioned uh, to to the college has just been absolutely uh, amazing. I mean, just a level of care and, and support. And I see that, um, you know, with our faculty and staff who are supporting our, our students, right? So, I mean, I, so I think proud of being a, a Raptor um, is you know, taking pride in the fact that so many people, so many dedicated faculty and staff care about our students, right? They care about, you know, identifying, you know, what your goals are, how to help you accomplish your goals and, and, and ensuring that you do accomplish your goals. That's, that's what we're all working towards, right? We want to help you accomplish your goals. So I say, you know, proud to be a Raptor and I can go on, um, uh, so that's kind of the, you know, the infrastructure, like faculty and, and staff component in our excellent and dedicated faculty and staff. I say also proud to be a Raptor in terms of, and I think about, I've met with a lot of students and oh my goodness, the, um, the, the passion that our students have for like changing the world um, like for just addressing social justice issues, issues for making an impact in their local community and even their global communities um, is something that I think, you know, just says Raptor pride is that, you know, the students are, are so dedicated to, you know, not only, you know, making a change, but being that change that they want to see. And when you're in a community like that, that is fantastic. And uh, I would be extremely um, proud and I am extremely proud to be in that community in terms of being, um, you know, proud as a community college. This is so community colleges are a fantastic opportunity in terms of just the reason why they were invented in terms of providing high level academic um, educational offerings at an affordable cost at a proximity that is close to where you are, kind of community college, the idea is that there are, they're, they're close by, right? So you think about being part of a community college, you're actually part of something that was created um, because of a societal need, right? Because of a need to be able to provide high quality, affordable education to the masses, because everybody can't go away, right? And everyone's not going to a private school and all these things. So the actual idea, the basic premise of the community college mission um, really spoke to a societal need um, for an educated citizenry. I mean, you're, so when you come to a community college, you're part of this larger historical context that was created to um, uplift, engage, and enhance 
an educated citizenry. How awesome is that? Um, a, a citizenry that goes out and makes, you know, impacts on, on society and also creates for themselves through the help of the educational opportunities, you know, a, a job and a profession that leads to a family sustainable wage, right? So, and social mobility. I mean, the, the, as I said, the basic framework and premise around why community colleges for me um, is kind of, you know, I'm kind of geeking out on that is I think is a great reason to be proud of a community college. And I would say, if you're not into the history of it for everyone who's listening, um, you're again, getting a fantastic education at an affordable cost and it will lead to a, like a family sustainable wage. Like that is the goal and, or a transfer opportunity that will lead to a family sustainable wage and social mobility. And you'll be paying probably a lot less than your peers who went directly to a four-year institution. Uh, once you graduate, if you transfer from that, uh, transfer from MC, once you graduate from that four-year institution, you receive your degree from your four-year institution um, at a fraction of the price. Uh, so those are a few reasons to be proud of, to have Raptor pride and to be proud of being a community college student. So. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know that my conversation with Dr. Williams gave me a lot to think about. And as a graduating student, the idea of community college pride really hit home. I know that MC means a lot of different things for a lot of different people. But for me, it was a place that accepted me when few others would have and gave me the tools to grow invariably. So I'm grateful to be a part of this history. And I hope that you also see the beauty in being a community college student. There's a lot to be proud of. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. I'm Nidha Khan, signing off for the MC Advocate.